passionate about the truth of God's word and will tell you like it is. Autumn Miles is best-selling author of three books, popular speaker, CEO, wife of 17 years, and mom of four kids, and not to mention everybody's best friend. With fresh biblical insight, she dares you to step out in raw faith. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. I love you guys. You guys have been so amazing in the last um, couple of weeks. I want you guys to know um, every single week we pray over what we do. This is not like fly by the seat of your pants outfit. Like we are, we are literally praying and asking the spirit of God what we can do um, to maybe answer your prayers or to, to make maybe some of the things in your life a little bit more understandable. So we have prayed. I know I have prayed and prayed and prayed over this specific episode. We have such a treat for you guys today. You guys, um, I've been looking forward to, for, uh, to this specific episode for a couple of weeks, took a little planning. Um, but this is something that I have been hearing. And I know that my, my pastor friends that are joining me today have been hearing as well. We have been hearing like by the truckload from you guys out there questions about church, um, questions about, listen, my church doesn't feel right anymore. Do I go back to church? Is church necessary? I'm kind of mad at my church right now. Um, what do I do when I feel like I'm not getting fed spiritually by my church anymore? When we got so many questions, I started asking the questions myself. If you guys are reaching out to me on a regular basis and asking all of these questions to me, I felt like we needed to confront some of these questions and actually answer them for you. Um, so I have asked, and thank God they said yes, some of my uh, uh, most opinionated, um, spirit-filled pastor friends to join me for a church chat. We are going to talk um, as transparently as possible about church. What do you do with church in a post-pandemic, really weird world that we're living in right now, where you can go to church on your couch, you can attend church, do we wear masks to church, do we not, do we social distance, what do you do with the division in the church? Um, so we are going to talk about church, what do you do with church right now, I, um, I hope this blesses your heart. I know those of you that are sending me messages, I know you'll, you'll, you'll download and listen uh, to this, but I do want you to know every single person that we're going to talk to today knows Jesus. Uh, they are spirit filled believers. They are pastors at a church. They have faced a pandemic and successfully come out on the other side. That is something to say for pastors, you guys. Um, they, they're friends of mine. Some of them are family, which you will know. Um, but they have all been in ministry for a very long time. So these aren't novice that we're talking to today. These are people that are like in it to win it, okay? So I want to introduce you, first of all, first and foremost, to my husband. Eddie is not on the show very often. Um, but um, Eddie, say hey. Hello. Hey, guys. 
Um, and he's going to join us because he's really opinionated. Some of you guys think I'm the opinionated one, and yet I'm not. He is very just as opinionated as I am. He's been in ministry forever. Um, we are working on a really, really special project that we haven't announced publicly yet, but he is on here just because we've we've been in the trenches together for 17 years, babe, 17 years. Um, uh, so he's he's on today. Um, I want to move uh, in my screen over to and, and introduce you to John and Jessica Youngblood. They are pastors of Vessel Church in Texarkana, Texas. Hey guys. Hey. Oh, hello. And I love them. I, I love them. They planted their church. How many years ago was it now? Three? Three. Three years ago. And their church is blowing up, you guys. It is incredible to see what God is doing in that community through them. I love to watch pastors, especially when they plant, because it's almost like um, you see the uh, the enemy come in and try to do some crazy things. And then you see God get the victory. And man, I know that I personally, me and Eddie have prayed you, you guys through some, some crazy seasons. And yet, I mean, what was it? I saw on your social, like 20 baptisms in the last week or something. Last two weeks. That's crazy. That is amazing. That is, that is a spiritual church. I, I love that. I love that. So they're going to be joining us with their perspective. And then I have um, my very own uh, brother, David Carey, and my sister-in-law, Amanda Carey. And they have been pastors. Now, David's, David's position has changed a little bit over the years. I'm not actually quite sure what it is now. I'm the assistant pastor. Assistant pastor at Life Church in Columbus, Ohio. And um, they have been there for how long? 10 years? 11? Well, 11. I've been on staff for 10 years. So a, a long time. And David has been, he's in worship for ever since I can remember, actually. Uh, but he did, he was a worship pastor for a while. And, and I know, David, your position has changed a little in the last um, couple of years. Um, so welcome, all of you guys, to the Autumn Mile Show. Yeah, I um, thank, you. thank you so much for doing this. It is, it is uh, just an honor to have my friends on the show today. I want to start off, and I'm going to ask John uh, this question. Um, what is it like being a pastor right now? <laughs> it's a lot different than it was three years ago. We've just found that oh, the churches had to get honest. And trying to pastor through that when this first hit was incredibly difficult because there was no blueprint for it. Because we've seen this method about going about doing church and what we thought was normal, and we're just never going to be back there again. What we, I think, experienced is, and I think this answers your question, like the, the privilege of being a pastor right now and the honor, like I appreciate it more than ever. Because I think the ones that he's called to actually fight this fight now, um, what he is entrusting us with needs to not be taken for granted. Because I think the people you've got actually coming now are hungry mm-hmm. and they need something. And this playing church and going, hey, look at all the things we can do and all the programs we can throw at you. You're going to have a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm that thought they had something that they really don't have. And we're just not in that space anymore. And uh, so like for us, like as frustrating as it has been coming out on the other side of it, 
Like, I think it's the greatest honor in the world to be able to pastor in the day and time that we are right now, because I think it's needed more than ever. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I love it right now. Yeah. Like there's people that I want to punch in the face sometimes because I hear <laughs> uh, just around everything that's going on. And it's why we just, we kind of had a talk, I guess, what, a couple, few months ago and just like, Hey, we're not going to do this thing the way everybody says that it needs to be done. We're not going to walk um, on eggshells around, like trying to make sure, you know, we keep all of our friends and family and even pastor friends happy. Like, no, we're going to hear from the voice of God and we're going to be obedient in this season on how to lead this church. David, same question to you. What is it like pastoring in a post pandemic world where um, just kind of, I, I mean, I've been calling it, it's like a, the detached church. We have people that, you know, want to come to church, but they don't really have to because it's on the TV. And if they don't catch your service, they could catch somebody else's. Um, tell me what it's like, David, as you, you guys are back meeting in person. Um, what has this whole season been like for you as a pastor? And I mean, um, you know, honestly, I mean, I know it's not been easy. Uh, Eddie and I, we counsel a lot of pastors. A lot of pastors have quit because of this. A lot of pastors have, uh, a lot of churches have shut their doors. So David, give me your perspective on just pastoring during this time. I want to tell those out there that may be critical of pastors. I want to build some humanity into this, this position of pastors, um, because I don't think people understand how incredibly difficult it is to shoulder the weight of spiritually leading a, a, a church. So David, I I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Well, I mean, kind of going off what John said, as people are starting to come back, because we had we had a little bit of a later start, but every five minute conversation is intense. It's mm -hmm. no longer. Hey, how are you doing? Doing great. Kids are good. It's <laughs> my mom is dealing with this. I'm having a hard time. I'm falling off the rails. So as as a pastor, if you don't get that. Jesus went away in the morning he got away and I, it was very important for him to get away just because he knew he was going to be dealing with a lot of things that day and if you're not doing that as a pastor in this time i mean i've had a lot of i we live by a creek and i'll grab my fly rod and i'll walk back and i'll just start to pray pray over my own soul over over the situations and people and it's really hard, but like John said, it is amazing to see how needed we are in this time. I mean, pastors, we have a lot of them who are falling away. We're part of the Vineyard um, Network, and a lot of them are just closing up and leaving because it's too hard. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad, but in a way, I get it. I mean, if, if you don't have um, that time with you and the Lord to recenter yourself and to find your identity again, you're getting berated every Sunday, conversation after conversation. And it is just, it can wear you down. It can really wear you down. So does that help? I, does that answer it? Yeah, I just, I want to build some humanity into our pastors. I think it's easy when, when someone is in a leadership position to look at them and to assume 
or to criticize decisions or to judge based on what they do not know. Um, and I just want our audience to have a, pa a compassionate heart um, for what the leaders that have stood with it are doing. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I wanted to open it up. Jess, what would you add into that? Oh man, I just feel like we have realized that the power had left the church before the pandemic and that we were all just playing this church game and doing what we were supposed to be doing and checking it off our box. And I think the pandemic made us realize like I can sit at home and not even have to shower and go to church and show up. I can just sit at home and watch TV and get my fix and all that. And keep my 10%. It's just this vicious cycle of like, I don't really need it. That's no different than what I get in my own house. So right now for such a time as this, we have to bring the power back into the church. We have to have the Holy Spirit there when they walk in, they have to be hit with the Holy Spirit or they're going to think that they can just do it at home. And I think, you know, we have to be set apart from the world and um, give them something different let them show up and feel the Lord, feel his presence and not just say it's an after factor that we're just putting on a show for them. I think, you know, God wanted his church to wake up and this is time for that, I think. That's a perfect segue into what I want to say uh, next. Um, I know what Eddie and I have been um, just, just hearing from all sorts of different people is, you know, there's kind of three groups of people right now. They're the people that can't wait to get back to church. And they're like, when are you opening your doors? Why, why have you taken so long? Why did you close to begin with? We're mad at you for that. Um, and then I have uh, another group of people that are, um, don't see the need to go back. They're, you know, they're getting filled with the spirit in their living rooms. And then um, this is kind of the, the one I really, really want to talk to the group that church feels weird. And that's actually one of the questions that I have received. Church feels really weird. I feel like I don't fit at my old church any longer. I don't know if I should look for another church. I don't know if I've changed. I don't know if, uh, if I've outgrown this church. And um, so I, I, I'm going to go to Amanda because I love the way Amanda puts things so succinctly and very practical. First of all, I, I believe that you've heard this. I have, I have private conversations with all of these guys on the call uh, uh, right now. I want you to talk to that person today who the church feels weird. They don't know what to do. They're, they're kind of detached or almost like displaced. Um, they love church. They just don't know if they fit at the same one. Could you speak to that person? And I wanted this to be one of my first questions because we are hearing this so much. Um, it's like drowning our DMs. So Amanda, speak to that. Well, I think I can speak just personally from our point of view and where we are here in Ohio, Columbus. We have a couple of, I think, probably our closest friends that would say that, that it's just not the same or it's just weird. And I think for us, it seems like a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not coming anymore. And that's what's made it feel weird to them. Or maybe like David said, they've just stepped away and that's what's made it feel weird to them. So I think with my personal experience with people that I've talked to that have said, it's just not the same like you said, it's not the church that's 
that's changed or the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit hasn't become something different. I mean, a lot of it for, for our experience has been people are fearful. And so they can't get past that or beyond that. And so therefore everything's just weird now. And I don't know how to come back because it's just, things aren't the same. So I think what we've said as well, you got to start somewhere like come on Sunday. Like (laughs) it's not that hard to just like, if it feels so weird and you feel awkward, you don't know what to do. I think, well, do something. And the practical step, because I'm very practical would be to just come. Like Mm -hmm. you got to start somewhere. So you got to come, you got to be open. And like David said, people, the conversations are not really, how are things anymore? It's like instant, whatever's really troubling that person just comes to light. Maybe that's what makes them feel awkward to coming back. Like there's no time for small talk because that's all we've been doing for the last 14 months since church not been meeting. So I think what I have said to friends who have felt weird or awkward is, well, have you even tried coming yet? And usually the answer has been, well, no. So it's like, start with step one. Yeah. yeah, Start with step one. I've kind of lost my patience for not like for the people, but in what I would normally say to someone, it might be a little more sugar-coated, but these days it's like, well, why don't you just come? Okay. Let's start Mm -hmm. there. And then we'll talk again. You know, it's not that hard. I think people are making it a little bit harder. Eddie, I'm a, I was going to go to you um, because I know that some of the conversations that you've had in the last uh, month about this whole church is just kind of weird. I don't feel like I fit where I was. What would you say to that person that's really struggling today? That's like, I don't, I don't know. Do I find a new church? Do I stick it out with mine? Do I just come? Do I just show up? I, I would tend to say exactly what Amanda said. The consumeristic part of all of this um, is, is troubling. I mean, it was, it was a problem to begin with, uh, before the pandemic, but now it's like, there's so many options. It's like, oh, I can go here. I could watch this, or I could do that. Or, and it's, it's just put on your shoes and go, just go, go somewhere. Um, and there is an opportunity to try and there is an opportunity to kind of see, but I, I, I would definitely say go in person, go be with people because I remember the first time that we went and we were in worship for the first time shoulder to shoulder or okay not shoulder to shoulder but a few feet apart from (laughs) we were in the room and we were lifting up heaven we were praising God in a room with other believers that needed it just as bad as we did and just tears coming and there's just something about being in the room. I, I think I think people just need to go. And if it is trying a new thing, because maybe they, they felt different, then then fine. But step out, use some faith, use some courage, go in person, and and experience it again. It is so important. It's so needed. There's I love worshiping. And, and listening and, and in my car or at home, or whatever, but there's just something about being in the room with other believers. If there's, if there's weirdness, uh, push through it, uh, push through the fear, push through what the media or whatever is saying and, and, and trust and have faith and, and open up your eyes, get back in the rhythm, just get your feet moving, let's, let's do this again. And I think all those other things 
the weirdness is going to fall away when you're just worshiping, when you're, when you're in it. It's almost like, why does it feel weird? Does it feel weird because church is about you or does it feel weird because church is about Jesus? I think we are transitioning from a very, like Eddie used the ding word. That was where I was going from a very consumeristic church, feed me, entertain me. I, I'm not going to look at your Instagram unless you have 72 filters on it. I'm not going to look at it. Now it seems to be like what David just said. My world is falling apart. My mom's got cancer. I'm facing a divorce. I have no job. Help me. Uh, John and Jess, how have you seen this just almost transition from like a consumeristic uh, into really spirit led when we're talking about weird church why is it weird i think that's the question that we need to ask ourselves is it weird because of you or legitimately have you do you need a different body or a different uh different teaching to help you grow in this new phase of your christian life talk to me about what you guys have seen i love that so i would just want to hit on what you said a filter doesn't fix your grandma having cancer right filter doesn't <laughs> fix your marriage, your consumer, what you're selling is not fixing my problem. So therefore you need to understand, you need to reevaluate where you should go or what you should do. If Jesus isn't there, you definitely shouldn't be there. But also church has always been weird because we already have a sinful nature and we already walk into the doors with such shame and guilt. So we have to make sure that we're not putting that excuse up by not going to church because we don't want to feel the shame and guilt. But when we go to church, that's when the conviction happens and the Holy spirit can change, transform us. And so it's just this weird thing. But also I want to touch on, don't feel guilty for wanting to change homes. Mm, if God has good. called you to change churches. You better go to your pastor respectfully, tell him God's called you somewhere else and head on out the door. Well, cause mm -hmm. what this did, this whole thing exposed everyone. Yeah. It exposed the consumer and it exposed the church. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think what you're getting now and why it's weird on two fronts, it's weird for people because they were going for the wrong reason. And it's gotten weird in some instances because what they thought that they had, they now realize wasn't real. Mm -hmm. And they're walking in now. And I just feel like for churches that are still trying to play the same game that they were playing previously to where oh what can we put out there what you know filters can we put on it what can we do to get people don't care anymore they don't care yeah they want to experience the presence of god in the room and i feel like the ones you're getting that are actually going to show up now that's why they're there because again as we've said with all the choices i can sit at home and still keep my mask on and hide from people mm -hmm. and i can still get entertained by you know the top church of the week. But if I want to go and actually have an experience with God and actually have people around me that are also going to hold me accountable, when I'm walking through those doors, I am now, my expectation is going to be different. And we want to see people's lives completely wrecked and falling in love with Jesus. So good. Can I add something? Yes. I do also think that the rhetoric that has been fed to us, especially at the beginning of the pandemic was staying away is the loving thing to do. Stay away, loving for your grandma, your grandpa, your family, stay away, which 
for a period of time, I believed that it was necessary. But when you go a year into it, the people have spiritually atrophied to the place where they have zero appetite for the things of God and his community. So part of me, I, I ha I'm having these conversations with people like, why aren't you coming to church? I don't even want to be around people. I don't even have that desire to do that. It's easier for me to be at home. It's been really nice to be on the couch with my kids. Well, yeah, I enjoy that too. But when you get in the room, like Eddie said, and like John and Jess were talking about, there's this, the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of the saints. There's power there. These are lives that have been transformed by Jesus. And I think people have just, their spiritual appetite, they have zero. And when it comes to spiritual community, they have zero desire. And so we got to start encouraging them, start to take bites, start to do this, start to enter in. And you'll realize, wow, this was so good for my soul. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of that. Um, I don't know if it's complacency or I, I really like having Sundays, you know, I don't, I don't really know what it is, but we, we have heard a lot of people, um, in, in our emails and inboxes and stuff like that say, um, I'm just, I'm just not excited anymore. I'm just not excited. And we see that by the exodus from churches. I mean, Eddie and I have had the privilege of traveling to churches in Dallas, and there is like a gajillion amazing churches here. And these churches pre-pandemic would have been packed out and they're not. What do you do, David, when you feel complacent, when you feel not excited about the things of God? How do you, and I mean, Amanda's practical step was just go to church, but let, let's talk Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, how do you start rebuilding something that was torn, almost torn down just by circumstances of the last year? I, I, I got in a wreck about three years ago and I lost 35 pounds. So I was down to a very unhealthy weight and it's always been hard for me to gain weight. I know. I wish I had your problem. Everyone's <laughs> everyone says that to me. But when you when you're dangerously low in weight, eating is not fun. I mean, I remember mom and dad would come and say, "We can make you a steak," and people were sending me the best Grubhubs. Yeah. Oh, just eat a glass of milk before every meal everyone has a method to make you gain weight um but it was impossible for me i would look at food and it would be the best food that i would want to eat and i wouldn't want to eat it i would think if i make it through this i can just make it to the next meal and it was just calories to survive at that point and in a lot of ways i've, I've gone through seasons in my spiritual life where it's felt that way where I've, I've opened up the word of God and I've read and I've been like, I'm not getting anything or I prayed and I, I haven't felt like my prayers are even God's even listening. And, um, man, the, the times that I've gone through, I, I guess, wilderness of the soul, if, if you call it that the times that I've gone through that and I pushed through, I've been so grateful because yeah. when I've hit dark nights of the soul, I have an intimacy with Christ that has been built on year after year after year after year. So complacency isn't always bad. I mean, the Israelites 
had to be pushed out into the wilderness in order for them to rely on the providence of God. He was their cloud by day and fire by night. He gave them manna that only lasts a day. Like the wilderness isn't always bad, I think, but you have to be making steps and, and building into your relationship with God, because there is going to be a time where you're going to say, whoa, I am so glad that I fought through that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. That's that really fed into exactly what I was going to say, because I feel like, yes, there's so much healing. There's so much good that has come out of this. There's so much, I mean, people like had to spend time with their kids. They had to spend time with their wives and that was either good or bad. But, <laughs> but they had to, you know, they have to actually have some motivation to get up and read their Bible and spend time with the Lord. They have to start feeding themselves. But as pastors, as leaders, um, the, the scripture I was going to share is Hebrews 3.13, that we, like as leaders, as pastors, because there has been some, some complacency, because there's been forced isolation and forced, we have to now, okay, it's, it's time. We have to, the scripture says, warn each other daily so that you may not be deceived against sin and hardened against God, because there's going to become a point where the laziness, the, the comfortability of being home turns to isolation, and it eventually is going to turn to being hardened against God. I think that's what's happening, is our comfortability, it, it has moved to com complacency and say, you know, I, I really just don't want to go. I don't feel like it. I'm me, 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 me. Someone needs to step up and say, stop being a baby, get up and do something because if you don't, if you're not with each other, if you're not looking at each other and say, hey dude, what are you doing? Like you are, you are heading down the wrong path. This isolation in your life has got you facing the wrong direction. You're heading the wrong way. We need to be with each other to see that and say, no, 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 this is the way. That's why that scripture is so important. But you have to be with each other to warn each other. And it says, warn each other every day. Warn each other daily while it is still today. There, the sun is setting on a lot of marriages, on a lot of men, on a lot of women, on a lot of kids. And we need to be able to interject and infuse faith and power and scripture and say, you know what? You have been away. Now you're turning into isolated you're, you're turning into this, this weird thing. Sin is creeping in. You need to stop because if you don't, then you will be hardened against God. We've got to get back on track. And we need as leaders, as pastors, as people to step up and say, okay, it's time. Let's go. Let's be with each other. Let's turn to God. Let's stop the fear. Let's start in on the faith. It's right there. It's accessible. It, the Holy Spirit is still here with us as soon as we ask it. The scriptures are still as real as they were before the pandemic, but we need to step up and say, it's time, let's go. See, I told you guys he was just as opinionated as I am. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, Eddie's the quiet one. Yeah, right, you don't we, know him. Our family can't play Monopoly because of Eddie Miles. Eddie and David get in almost fist fights every Christmas because of Monopoly. We're not mature enough to play it in our family. I want to go off of that uh, for, for a second. I'm going to go back up to John and Jess. Um, what do you think God pruned out of the church with COVID? 
the the cult of self-affirmation, the cult of self, um, give me what I want, feed me, feed me, feed me. He pruned that out. Like it's literally, I feel like gone. And I feel like the pastors are at a point now where we don't put up with self. The Bible says die to self daily, like come to church. It ain't about you. Mm-hmm. Like get to church, do what all the steps, get to church, but also come and don't have this mentality of like, oh my gosh, I hope they play my worship song today. I better feel goosebumps or that pastor better look cute or he better say the right thing to me or he better look at like, it's just this self-help world. The self-help didn't yeah. work. And it got pruned straight out of the church. Now, you know, people are coming that actually need it, which is a hospital. You don't go to the hospital if you don't need it. And so I think that that's what we're becoming more and more today as the church is becoming the hospital. You're not going to go to somewhere you feel like you don't need. You're not going to go to somewhere if you've heard that message for the last six months, the same message over and over. You're not going to go there. It's just your taste buds for that appetite's not appealing. Yeah. You're done eating the same meal every day for three meals a day. Give me something different. I agree. If you, this idea, because again, we're in a, we're in a different day and age right now. If I am solely going to church, feed me, I can do that at home. Mm -hmm. So I think it's weeded that out. And like, I just told our worship team this, I said, you have got to remember why you're stepping up on that platform. It's the same thing for everyone else in the room. Why are you even coming? Because like when I read scripture and I see Paul and Silas in jail and it says when they started worshiping, everyone's chains fell off. Mm. Like you don't well, realize come on. when we come mm. together, my worship, my saying, God, it's not about me. It's all about you in my worship and glorifying him. My neighbor's chains fall off. Yeah. That's why I think you're seeing the ones that are starting to come now and the ones that are just uncomfortable in the room because it's not about them anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know what, that's pastor's fault. That's our mm-hmm. fault for ever setting the table to where it was this like, Oh, it's all about your needs. Like, what can we do to make you yeah, our celebrity want- culture? Even like, Oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. It makes you feel like a celebrity. That's not what it's about. Like mm-hmm. you need an encounter with the Holy spirit that's the lack that you have it's not that you need yeah we love loving on people we love to smile like we play our part but when we are doing it simply to put on a show for people so they walk out feeling a little bit happier like that's not what the church was ever built for the Mm -hmm. church was built to glorify and honor god and to usher in the power and the presence of the holy spirit to come in and just completely like wreck a room it's why just, I get excited when I read about Pentecost. Like that's what's mm. happening in our churches today. Mm. Not people walking out and going like, oh, well, that was good. Those are some good songs and a decent message. Like I might come back in a few weeks. Like, no, a fire and a passion. Like I'm not waiting till next Sunday. I want to gather with my people. Tuesday, um, Wednesday. Tuesday. Yeah, what I you mean, got? it just, and so, yeah. Yeah. What's been like weeded out. I think it's the, the selfish ambition of why people were going to church, they're not comfortable anymore. It's so interesting to me. I mean, the Bible, I've talked about this, I think in all, in all three of my books, how this self culture, um, it never says that in the scripture, it is not in the scripture. 
It says, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but he lives in me. Those passages don't preach really well. <laughs> you don't get a lot of amens. Everyone kind of shuts up and looks at you like, I don't want to hear that one. Let's move on to the next point. I want to go to Amanda because um, this is one big way I think Satan has attacked the church. And, and I, I agree with what everyone has said so far. Uh, I want to talk about this fear. Um, I want to talk about the temptation to fear, the temptation to think that it's better to stay away. Um, Amanda, I know we've talked about this uh, a lot, just in our own personal conversations that we've had about uh, just different individuals dealing with fear. Do you think that this is a weapon that Satan's using against um, the, the body of Christ today? In my experience with my closest friends, I would say absolutely, because he has used it and taken taking them out, like taking them out completely, change their demeanor, change their lifestyle, change what they actually think and feel and do. And the reason is they're scared. Like they will tell mm -hmm. you they're fearful. There are still those people that are very, very scared of the situation. Um, maybe even, um, you know, for various reasons. And of course, we're not downplaying the fact that this is a legitimate virus. We 100% know that it is a real thing. Um, but when when someone comes to you um, kind of uh, almost crippled in fear, you know, we have a lot of, of ammunition in the scripture to really encourage that person. So Amanda, um, what would you say to that person today? That's listening. That's listened all the way through that's, that maybe probably is a mini everything that we say, cause we have some amazing, amazing people that are, that follow along. What would you say to that person that just can't get past the anxiety of maybe it's not just COVID maybe it's, um, you know, maybe it's the political climate. Maybe it's, you know, everything, the school, the school thing has been a really big deal. Let's put that pastor hat on Amanda for a second and minister to that person that really does feel, um, um, kind of drowning in fear. Gosh, I feel like there's a lot, but I think I just start with what would be the, like, what do you see as the root of your anxiety? Can you pinpoint it or nail it down? I think Satan works in such a like broad that when it comes down to it, that person might not even, you know, be able to really nail it down. Like why, mm -hmm. why is your demeanor so off? Why are you so fearful? What is causing your anxiety? And so I just, I know God, God doesn't bring chaos into your, your mind and your being and your spirit. And I feel like a lot of the people that I've talked to, it's like they're internally chaotic and mm -hmm. it's like, they yeah. can't settle, you know, they can't, they can't just like breathe or stabilize mm -hmm. themselves. And so, I mean, I've just, I've talked to a few people. It's about more about specifically what's causing you that. And what is of course, something practical, what's a practical <laughs> step you could take towards not conquering it. Cause I don't, you probably won't conquer it right away, but what's a practical step that you can take to like, just mentally even feel better. Are you praying about it? Like, are you talking to anyone else about it? Like, what do you even think about it? You know, I feel like, I guess chaos is the only one I can think of it, but like an internal state of it. Well, and knowing too, that, I mean, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, the power of love and of self-control. And you can kind of see all those other things out the window, like yeah. self-control, the power over it is just gone. And there is that spirit of fear. So then it comes, then it comes down to, do you believe what scripture says or do you not? And then yeah. if you don't, what's the alternative? 
Mm-hmm. And then I've, I've asked a couple people that, and it's kind of been like awkward silence. <laughs> dot, dot, really, dot. Then they really are like, oh, well, do I, do I believe Mother's Day? And like, they got to think about it, you know? I mean, we, we've had, you know, yeah, we've dealt with stuff in our past. It's like, okay, do I believe this or not? If I don't, then what is my alternative? And for me, there isn't an alternative. I think it's important to know also in the scripture that people feared the good and the bad people feared enemies when there was a threat of an enemy invasion in Israel and stuff like that. And then people feared angels when angels appeared to them. So fear can encompass us good thing. You can fear good things. You can fear bad things. Um, and it is a weapon that is used multiple times in scripture, which is why it says so many times in scripture do not fear. It's easy to fear because that's our first reaction. Oh my goodness. If I go uh, to church, you know, am I going to get this? Am I going to pass this on? You know, what is it going to be like? Is church going to be the same? There's so many, it's not just the virus anymore. Now it's like being comfortable. Are our kids going to get fed all of those different kinds of things. Um, so even good things are being feared right now when maybe at the beginning of all of this, it was uh, just the virus itself. So I love, I love that you said the inner, inner chaos as well. Well, I see that a lot. It's like, I don't know why I fear. I'm just constantly fearful of everything. I can't pinpoint it. And that's when, like John and Jess were saying earlier, immersing yourself in the presence of the Lord. I I can't tell you how not to fear. I, I don't know your makeup. I'm not your creator, but the presence of God knows exactly how to calm your fears, whether it's through a word from his word, whether it's through just a, a, a sitting in his presence, rather, whether it's through taking a walk or, or whatever it is, the spirit of God knows you better than you will ever know yourself. And he is the key to calming it. Go ahead, Eddie. Well, uh, uh, Psalm 91, this, I think this answers exactly what, um, Amanda was saying, but it says, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night nor the arrow that flies in the day. And this is the word that's so good. Do not dread. Oh man, that's such a heavy weighted word. That's what people are feeling right now. It's gone from, oh, not fear, but oh oh my gosh, like this is going to take me out. And it's so, so powerful. The Holy Spirit put this scripture. Verse six, do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness. And it doesn't say that the disease is not there. It says, don't dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. And it goes, the whole Psalm 91 is so powerful, but it's so for right now and what people need to see that instead of dreading, look to the fact that you're going to be in my shadow. I'm going to wrap you around my arms. I'm going to protect you. I'm not, I'm not saying that people aren't going to get hurt and it's not a real disease, but don't dread the disaster and the disease in the darkness. We, 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 that's just really encouraging scripture. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. I do want to hear from all of you guys on this last question. You know, as we move into um, just this post-pandemic world, as pastors ministering to spirit-filled churches, um, John and Jess, what are you most excited about uh, the future for? I'm excited for an honest church. That's the coolest thing right now is, um, I mean, going back to what 
David said, you know, these conversations have shifted so much post pandemic and they're heavy, but at least they're honest. Yeah. I can have an appreciation for that. Like we're just sharing with somebody, like we're walking through more things right now with more families at one time than we ever have probably in our entire like 18 years of ministry, but I've never been more excited about doing ministry. We're not like guessing anymore. Like, oh, everybody says they're fine. Uh, like you said, they're talking about like, oh yeah, you know, family's good. Like that's not the conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. And in that, man, I just, I love it because when people get honest, people get breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't get breakthrough from a fake place because it's not real. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just makes me excited about where so the church exciting. is going because I don't, I, I think it's why you see 20 people getting baptized into it. It's nothing that we're doing. It's some people finally getting honest with themselves about, I mean, a lot of these people were like, yeah, I got baptized when I was 10 years old, had zero clue what I was doing. I've been going through the motions and faking it. Mm-hmm. And I finally just got called on it and now I'm getting real and I'm getting honest and I need Jesus. And that's exciting. It's just exciting to see our church culture and the perspective shifting. Like we have a girl who her dad just got diagnosed with cancer all over his body. And you know, when crap hits the fan, it hits the fan. Like it's like one thing after another snowballs. But in that yesterday, she calls me, she goes, this was happening bad, but then I got to invite him to church. And it's like, you know, in our trials, we will get to proclaim our Jesus. And that's what is exciting for the future is is it's not the pastors being the celebrities and it's not the pastors everybody's going to it's the church members that are making revival happen and changing the freaking world yeah and i just want to take a minute just to applaud you guys i know that sticking with it this last year (laughs) was extremely difficult i know um i've been i i personally have prayed for you but thank you on behalf of your churches. Uh, I've been to both of the churches and I I love them dearly, uh, but thank you for sticking with it. I know that there are so many people now, 20 people specifically in the last two weeks that have been baptized at Vessel that are glad that you did stick with it, John and Jess. David and Amanda, to you, um, as moving forward from this, with the good, the bad, the ugly, the church remains. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. No, it won't. Uh, so looking forward to um, what's coming, what are you guys most excited about pastoring? I can speak personally into um, the season I'm entering into, which I believe always leads to a, a, a revival. But um I've realized there's a bunch of situations that I can't fix. Um, and when I can't fix it, and I, I've been a pastor for a long time, and I don't know why I don't <laughs> default to prayer. Um, but the season that I'm in is very much a season of prayer. And there's a lot of situations I can't fix. And so I'm finding myself praying a lot for people, for the church, for um man, like you said, Jess, I long for the day when people are no longer looking at me and like, well, what are you, what are you going to do for the kingdom of God? I'm like, what are you going to do? We're in this together. <laughs> Let's, I, I, I want to see how you're changing lives, but uh, and, well, it's up to the professionals. And I, I think that's going to shift. I think the yeah. church is truly going to be a church of prayer. Um, yes. first off, cause there's going to be a lot of lay people engaged in ministry and they're going to be going to their speedways and their hairdressers and they're like 
they asked me uh, why the evil things happen in the world. I just had to pray. I didn't have an answer. So <laughs> I think we're going to have a lot of that. And I'm really excited to see that because, man, we need Jesus. Just add from, I think from the very, very beginning when John said people that are coming to church now are hungry and they're choosing mm -hmm. to be there and they're making the efforts to be there. Um, I feel really excited about the relationships that I wouldn't have had had we not gone through this. Kind of dwindled it down and funneled into like what John said, like these people are here and they want to be here and they're making the effort to be here. And so I've just, I've gotten into relationship with people and community with people that I don't think I would probably would have elsewise just because there was just a lot of other people. This person is here. And like John said, like, here's what's up. This is going on in their life and they need Jesus. And we're in community with them now. We walk through these hard times with them now. And so I'm excited for that. I'm excited for just the newness of relationship that God has brought in, in all of this. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I'm. I know someone has kind of talked about it before, but just the seeking God's presence. I mean, for people to not be worried about, oh, do you have coffee or do you not? Or do you, you know, are the parking attendants waving us in or not? Or, I mean, people just don't care. They need God's presence. And, and I'm so, so excited about that. I feel like it's a, an amazing opportunity. It's a rebirth, a uh, regeneration uh, of a lot of churches because a lot of churches who have dwindled down or struggled or whatever, it's going to drive the pastors, the leaders to their, to their knees. They're going to ask God, you've got to do this again. Like we have to almost start over and say, okay, well, God, they're not coming back. Like, what are we going to do? Like, I mean, th this is everyone all across the nation, every church is experience a, a totally different group of people than was before pandemic. So we've got to, as, as pastors and leaders, we've got to hit our knees. We've got to seek God's presence. We've got to, we've got to put that startup mentality on, on again and say, okay, how are we going to get more people? Like we, like we, we carry the mantle of telling people about Jesus. Like we got to get out there. We got to hit the streets. We've got to build. We can't just sit back and, and watch the people come in every Sunday and punch the clock and, and go play golf. Like it's like, we got to put up the golf clubs, put on our shoes, hit the streets and, and do something about building the church back up. Because if we don't, then they're just going to stay at home and their marriages and their lives and their kids, they're, they're all going to, to be adversely affected. We've got to bring it back. We've got to, to be excited and be seeking God's presence and be praying and, and almost like we're starting a brand new. Um, and with that comes so much power, like David said, so much power comes when we can't do it ourselves. We can't make people come back. We can't make people not be afraid. We can't make people want God's presence, but he can, he promises. He's drawing all men to his name and we've got to just tap into that. It's, it's exciting. I'm, I'm pumped. One of my frustrations, I think over the, when I really understood the power of the Holy Spirit is how much it was disrespected in the church. Um, I just feel like we do, we don't trust the Holy spirit. We don't trust that he is that third person of the Trinity that can 
bring a room to its knees, literally with one blow that we feel. Um, uh, and I think one of the things that I'm the most excited about is we, we have to rely and trust in the power of the spirit of the living God, because he is living and he is willing and he is awake and he is ready to work in all of our different cities. So um, uh, that's one thing I'm most excited about. John and Jess, David and Amanda, Eddie, thank you guys for joining me so much today. Um, I love you guys very, very love dearly. You yeah, I love thank you, you very for dearly. having us, Autumn. We love you so much. Thank you, John and Jess. For you guys to have counted the call, I'm honored to get to be in this place with you. Oh <laughs> thank you guys too. It's, uh, you're an inspiration. Oh, we're just having a love fest up in here. I love it. Uh, thank you guys for listening to all my listeners. I hope this encouraged you. I know um, there were some just, just bold truths that were shared. Um, I did not want this to be filtered. So if you're mad at that, whatever was shared, I, that's that's on me. You can email me, hello at autumnmiles.com. I wanted it to be unfiltered. Uh, that was on me. I asked them to be transparent. I think there's not enough of this. And I am personally honored and thankful for all of their perspectives. Uh, no, all, everyone who is listening, every single one of us um, are for you. We know that there is a God that is for you. He is waiting to unleash his power in your life. The gospel is the most powerful thing in the entire world. It can break every single chain. It is the breakthrough that you need. And um, I just, I'm so grateful that you tuned in and that you're listening today. Um, you can find all these guys on Instagram. I don't know all their personal uh, emails off the top of my head, but go find them on Instagram and follow their churches. We love you. Have an awesome week. And I'll be back next week with a brand new episode of the Autumn Mile Show. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Autumn Miles Show. To find out more, go to autumnmiles.com. There you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Her inspiring message will be sure to engage and touch the heart of your audience at your next conference, church event, or business function. While you're online, you can find out how to order Autumn's latest book, Gangster Prayer. Our prayer is that this book will lead you to an intentional and passionate prayer life that is in sync with the heart of God. Go to autumnmiles.com to order your copy today. As we close, remember that you can follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of the Autumn Miles Show.